Hour number three, kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Hour number three is brought to you by our friends at Inward Half Elevated and Transformed Performance Driven Apparel. Fashion forward statement pieces for the entire family. Bob, you got your first piece of Inward Half yesterday. Rated on a scale of one to a hundred. One to a hundred. You like one to a hundred. One to fifty, then, Bob, and I'll multiply by two. <laughs> I would give it a fifty, and I'm not uh, trying to be a sheep here. I, you know, we talked about this earlier in the show. I, uh, I'm pretty picky when it comes to my clothes and uh, fit, feel, everything on this shirt. John predicted the size properly for me. Uh, I was impressed. The fact that I got a new shirt and I wore it the same day—that's it, that's almost unheard of with me. I typically will get a shirt and I don't wear it for a little while. I, I wore it yesterday. So, um, all good reports when it came to my product. Inwardhalf.com if you want to experience it for yourself. Inwardhalf.com. All right, let's hit the phone lines. Let's bring on friend of Fan Run Radio, Outkick, Fox College Football, Trey Wallace. How are you, my friend? Morning, gentlemen. Doing a lot better today than yesterday. Hope y'all are good. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad whenever you texted me at at what happened to you, and then we had a listener take a shot saying, "I guess it was optional." And then you oh, texted nice, me. That's a nice throwback. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, he's like, "I guess it really was. It's optional." And then you know, you text me last night saying it cost you about five hundred dollars to 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 take care of your issues yesterday. So I felt bad for you. Oh, man, it is what it is, dude. Come on, buddy. It stays in the the fan-run era. Uh, we'll live on. So, it's all good. It was all fun and games. Well, yesterday, the courts ruled against Tennessee's TRO and ruled against their restraining order, saying there was no damage being done that could not be overcame and said that they are denying Tennessee's request for a restraining order, saying we'll, you know, we'll play this out in court next week, but that they thought Tennessee – and the merits of the case, you know, it was in favor of Tennessee. What else do we need to know about what happened yesterday? I mean, I, I think it comes down to, you know, the harm. I don't, I don't think the, the state attorneys um, for, for Virginia and Tennessee could prove that there was going to be harm done to these student athletes uh, from, you know, really from Monday uh, until today. And that comes down to, you know, being able to get in front of a collective in a span of 24 to, to 48 hours and talk about your future and if you're going to sign somewhere, what that compensation looks like. And in the way that they brought it back, you know, talking about, okay, if there was, it was in the court documents, but I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing the judge here. If, if, if they, if a prospect thinks that they were wronged in this process, um, and they were not able to gain their full compensation of what, NIL would look like when they signed with the school, okay, you could turn around and sue down the road for monetary damages. And I think that's why you did not see the TRO granted yesterday because it kind of gave them the leeway to sue down the road when it comes to that part. I think that in the overall stature of where this lawsuit is, is headed, they gave the two states an out when it comes to what happens under the Sherman Act. And it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, in particular what the argument is and how they argue this next Tuesday, you know, in Greenville, Tennessee, 
just because I, I had a couple of lawyer folks reach out last night uh, that, I, that I've spoken with over time, and and even one of them um, said that you know this now looks like a lawsuit for damages compared to being able to potentially change what NIL is to potential prospects. So it's it's going to be very interesting, in my opinion, how the attorney generals for, for both states kind of go at the NCAA here because if they want immediate change, okay, that, that's one thing, and you can issue a preliminary injunction, and this thing's going to go on down the road. They're going to kick the can. There's going to be, you know, appeals. It's going to be argued. And, and I just feel like, you know, after looking through both, you know, responses, um, it, it's hard not to disagree with what the judge did yesterday because you're really just setting – it's all setting up for its wording, too, where, you know, if they if they play their cards right, then, then maybe we do see changes in NIL starting next week. But, but for the time being, I, I think it was a smart decision. Trey, thanks for joining us, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, um, brother. Yeah. Um, so what I was struck by on this was I think it's rare to me that you you heard a, a ruling yesterday, a preliminary ruling that was basically, yeah, we're going in this direction, but, you know, P.S., <laughs> we, we like your case. Um I found it again. It keeps coming to. We've heard a lot of hyperbolic, you know, statements. I've probably said them myself in the last week. That could this be the beginning of the end of the NCAA as we know it? I mean, I can't imagine that what the NCAA heard yesterday was was comforting. I just wonder if it was surprising to them at all. I I I, I wonder about that. I I just love to to get your take on that. I, I think maybe, you know, from a TRO standpoint and the fact that it was happening in the Eastern District of Tennessee and you throw all those variables in it, um, you know, there there were a couple people at the NCAA offices kind of thrown off the fact that they did not, you know, that, that they came out on the quote-unquote winning in yesterday. But then the fact that it was set up by Judge Corker where – Pretty much, you're laying out that okay, yeah, you 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 won this battle, but you're not going to win the war. And it and it was interesting phrasing. I, I don't have it right here in front of me, but the way that he set up, you know, saying, look, I, I you know, the, the merits of this is 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 going to be in a way where the NCAA loses, you know, under the Sherman Act. And I and I feel like. You know, the NCAA, and they're bringing in their heavy hitters, by the way, when it comes to attorneys and and arguing this case. But it doesn't look good for the NCAA. And it doesn't look good down the road, too, because here's something that was was thrown at me yesterday is, you know, you're you're seeing Tennessee and Virginia kind of lay the groundwork of this. But what's going to happen in two months after Tennessee and Virginia handle their business is, okay, then you're going to have other states like Alabama and Florida, and Mississippi, and you, know, you name it, Arkansas, they're going to join in on the lawsuit. And that now there's going to be more components that are against the NCAA. And, and how do they react in that? Do they try to figure out some kind of settlement in a sense of, okay, here's what we can do with the rules? Or do they let this thing play out where it can go higher and higher in the court system? And finally, you know, we get a complete overhaul 
of what NIL is. And that's what stands out to me the most is, is that I think that a lot of states right now um, are, are letting these two just, okay, here, here's the game plan. Here's how we're going to attack it. Uh, we're going to get in front of the judge next week. We're going to argue all these, these different points of where it should be changed and why it should be changed and why it's hurting student-athletes. But then at the same time, you know, again, you're going to have these other states taking notes and be like, okay, now we have to figure out when the right time is to join this lawsuit. Or, or on the other side of that, bring different lawsuits on our own because, you know, okay, you know we've got one out in California that's going on right now, uh, one in Ohio technically, you got this one in the Eastern District of Tennessee. Now imagine if you come in, you get lawsuits in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Arkansas, and you name it and you name it. Then things start to build up for the NT, not in a good manner when it comes to what the future looks like. And, and, I've, and I've been saying this. I think this is Charlie Baker. Uh, Bob, I, I think it's the NCAA trying to hang on to that, that little bit of power that they still have. And, and the other problem is, is that they released NIL rules, you know, that, yes. that to this day are hard to interpret. And, and when you get in that kind of situation, you kind of just have to throw your hands up and be like, okay, what are y'all guys doing? You know, you want to, you want to enforce this, but you're still throwing out guidelines that, that don't go with every single state that has adopted NIL rules. So that's where it gets complicated to me, Bob, about, what the future looks like for the NCAA. They can still enforce stuff. They yeah. can still have their hearings, but, you know, rule-wise, man, they're really circling the drain right now. Now, and that's one of the things I feel has happened to you. Speak, you speak about the ambiguity that was put in place by the NCAA. I think that ambiguity has conveyed over to NILs. I do think that this has the prospect of shining a brighter light on the way NILs operate the collectives basically. And, um, because I feel it's been, it's been loose, you know, I mean, there's no question about it. And again, I believe some of these NILs have been equipped maybe improperly, maybe not with enough, um, you know, the proper legal minds, et cetera. And it's more, uh, as I've been saying, kind of a creative endeavor and this is big business, man. So I think that, that's another byproduct of this. Whether the NCAA will have any ability to influence that change, I just think that it's it's brought to light more and more what people have kind of said under their breath before about these NILs. Is you know it was convenient to just say, well, the money was changing hands way back when. It just was under the table and might have been illegal. Now it's legal, so it's all yeah. okay. But there's more to it than that. Well, there is, and and the way I look at it is, you know. Um, in the in the investigation, or, or you know, it's, it's a lot of people get them mixed up. I think the investigation in the Tennessee and the lawsuit that's going on right now, not you know, not by purpose, just because they're all coinciding at the same time. But I do think you know one of the arguments that's that's trying to be made is is that Spire, um, who's done a good job when it comes to NIL um, at the University of Tennessee. But that, you know, and I guess we're talking about the investigation a little bit here, too, um, that Spire was, was only working, you know, at first with Nico just as a representative market. But, by the way, it didn't have anything to do with Tennessee. Like, that's the part that's kind of laughable. And, 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 and there's a paragraph, and then, you know, 
in the whole ordeal where they do talk about where, you know, a prospect was not going to be tied um, to, to a university, but that this agency went out and said, okay, we're just going to sign this kid, and then we're going to have his rights wherever he goes. Well, I, that's very, very hard to believe. I, I have spoken with a lot of NIL collectives, and I've spoken with a lot of universities about this over the last three years. And, you know, look, if, if you're signing a player, you're signing a player because they're going to your school. Now, it, there's a difference. When you have companies like CAA or WME, these agencies that rep these, these, these student-athletes or prospects, or high school, that's a different story. Um, but when you have collectives going out there and doing it, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around the argument of, well, you know what, we didn't sign this guy because he would come to our school. We just wanted the rights to him overall, no matter where he went. And I just don't think that part is going to fly when it comes to a court system. You know, because if you put that in front of a judge, I think a judge might laugh that one out of the, the, the room. And, and, and that's where it's going to get a little tricky when it comes to the NCAA investigation side of this into NIL, especially with what we reported uh, on Friday, where you've got the NCAA bundling, you know, past instances of infractions between the University of Tennessee uh, and, and the rest of the investigation, per se. Have you talked to anybody on Tennessee's side? about how they feel about the process and their confidence and the results being good for Tennessee. Are we talking about the investigation or the, 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 um, the lawsuit? I would say just, they're both kind of connected. Just the, yeah, yeah. Just I mean, the end look, result for Tennessee. Just, just, just if Tennessee is going to, if they feel confident that they're going to come out of this and be vindicated or at the very least not be punished for anything. Look, Tennessee, the folks, I think inside that administrative building feel pretty happy with what happened yesterday. Um, and at the same time, they also think that the NCAA is coming at them with, you know, laughable offenses is a word that I keep hearing around Tennessee. Um, you know, there, there are folks on that side that think, okay, once this notice of allegations is brought forth and made public, um, that it's going to drum up more controversy towards the NCAA because of what's in there. Um, and, and, and you're going to have people laughing at the NCAA. Like, that's, that's kind of to the seaside. But we all know how this thing plays out. I mean, you can have that from a PR perspective and trying to get that, that, that out there uh, into the interwebs. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think that Tennessee as a whole will 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 benefit from the, the, the lawsuit next week. I think the NCAA investigation part, what the problem is, is that you've had some instances where you haven't put yourself in the best light when it comes to, to NIL, when it comes to infractions, and they're minor stuff. It's not big stuff. And I would look over for it. You know, the the Tony Vitello deal. Uh, from from last year, uh, the Rod Clark deal uh, from a few years ago that that had him suspended for the first two games in the season. I'm not saying there were some crazy rule breaking going on, but what I am getting at is those are still infractions. 
and it can still be put together as saying, hey, look what you guys have done. Okay, even though they're small, there are a number of them. And then you add on the quote-unquote NIL, Nico deal and whatnot, and that's where the NCAA is trying to hit Tennessee with a lack of institutional control. So I, I think that you could see something positive out of the lawsuit potentially next week, but then down the road, you know, Tennessee fans will freak out for a little bit when it comes to the NOA, the notice of allegations, and then, you know, realize that you wouldn't have Danny White and Dondi Plowman coming out with these scathing statements like they had if they don't feel just utterly confident that they're going to put NCAA in a body bag when it comes to the NOA. And, and I just feel – because we haven't seen that, John. I mean, a, 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 a chancellor – and an athletic director coming out and destroying the NCAA in statements and, and how they're doing this. And, and the other thing is they're fighting this in a court of public opinion right now compared to fighting it you know, in an infractions committee room. And, and that's where things will, in my opinion, pick up over the next couple months. Trey Wallace underscore on Twitter or X, depending on what you want to call it, outkick.com. Friend of Fan Run Radio, Trey Wallace, appreciate you as always. What's on your immediate schedule for uh, the offseason that's getting ready to, I guess, officially start for Tennessee at least after this is settled next week? Man, it never really stops, right? I mean, we what today's National Signing Day, and you don't hear anything of it uh, right now, you know, which is which is wild in college football. But no, man, we got a lot of college basketball um, that, that's rolling on, college baseball. Uh, that's going to start next week. It's a really good team here in Knoxville. Uh, it's going to take the field. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Houston. Uh, Houston or Arlington next week, uh, which should be a lot of fun. So, look, this is not going to stop. You're going to have NIL laws that try to come out. You're going to have um, even the state of Oregon last night tried to introduce um, some new legislation when it comes to how they're going forward. So, John, this machine just never stops, man. There's always something going on. Well, Trey will keep it covered for you. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you later. Thanks, Trey. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Outkick.com. Trey Wallace underscore. You know Trey if you're a fan of the station. You probably don't need me to give him any introduction or tell you how to follow him. Sam, send us a break. We'll switch gears. We'll play some overrated, underrated after the break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. And I will say, Trey has nailed the guest appearance filibuster. He, he was he was mowing through, but he was doing it in a good way. You know, we've had some guests that do the filibuster, and you're like, oh my god, will this guy please stop talking? But no, Trey, Trey was bringing it four minutes at a time with no breaths. He has uh, mastered the art of the radio hits. Good knowledge too. He's gone from radio host here, where you kind of have to switch up the gears to, I got ten minutes. I'm going to give you everything I got. And make you feel like you got your money's worth by bringing me on. Which I did feel like I got my money's worth on by bringing Trey on. It's almost better that, I'm not happy that he had car problems, but it was almost better that he did cancel yesterday because he had more to bring today because he got to listen to all this. Wow. Wow. So you're saying Big God did us a favor by ruining Trey's day yesterday because it helped us out. Well, that's what I said. I'm not happy for him in that regard, but... Um, With that being said, it worked out great for us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry you were stuck out there for hours and spent $500 on your tire. With that being said, 
really glad you came on today and not yesterday. We're not sure we would have had much to cover yesterday. So, uh, yeah. No, it, yeah. I just think uh, he's he was good, man. There was a lot of good stuff there. And, and there is, again, it underscores all the stuff that is happening. There's just, there's a lot happening in this whole space, not just with Tennessee and the NCAA. There's all sorts of other states that are probably going to fall in line. Overall, yesterday's news, did that make you, did that change anything with how you view this case? I think in a way, once I, again, once I sifted through the way the headlines came out, uh, it, it actually affirmed what I've been thinking. I think this is this is an incredibly significant shot to the bow for the NCAA. And I don't think that's, I think it's, it's, a, it's another, now you've had a judge who kind of said, you know, again, by the way, it's a pretty good case here for you, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take our time and process it the right way. So no no restraining order today, but keep coming. Yeah, I thought that last tidbit where they're just kind of like with the stuff we have now, strongly feel like Tennessee is going to be in good shape. I mean, I know that wasn't the way they phrased it, but that's the the yeah. takeaway from it. I agree. It was strange. I mean, I I guess we do it too to other fan bases, but there was some. Alabama and Georgia people like, wow, this looks terrible for Tennessee, and Tennessee's in trouble now, and, you know, took it that way, which I didn't feel that way at all after reading it. I think a lot of the national people, the national media members kind of agreed and said this doesn't mean anything bad at all for Tennessee. Let's play some overrated, underrated. Overrated. Very overrated. It's overrated. Overrated, my friend. Overrated. I want to tell you why. I think that's a solid rated right there. Perfect rated. He underrated, man. He got some swag. He has some real swag. Lobsters are underrated. They don't die. Alrighty. A little bit of overrated, underrated. Coming out hot here with this first one. I got a, a little bit of stats to... A little bit of context, I guess, on this one. Overrated, underrated. I'm going to say the Big 12 basketball conference as a whole this year. And let me give you some stats here. Uh, Nobody in the Big 12 has played an out-of-conference strength of schedule that is ranked higher than 60th. And nine of the Big 12's 14 teams have played eight or more bye games this year, while 12 of the 14 have played seven or more. What are bye games? Like oh bye. Tennessee B- Tech. Yes. BUY games. Yes. Got B-U-Y, it. Yes. I got you. Bob, I gotta go with I think that the Big Twelve is overrated. And I don't say this strongly. You know, I don't say this with my chest. It's a competitive league. It's gonna give you good games. Like no one's running away with the conference. Everyone has at least three losses. Anybody can beat anybody, but for me, it also means that there aren't any truly great teams. Like, you could tell me Houston's great, and okay, like, they're good. They're good, and I think Houston's a championship contender, but to me, they're not better than the two best teams in the SEC. I can't say for sure they're better than Tennessee. Maybe Alabama, maybe Auburn. I don't know. Depends where the game is. I look at Baylor. They've been kind of under the radar. 
Iowa State, Kansas, I don't think either of those teams are great. So it's a competitive league, but like I just don't quite think it's as good as everyone is acting. They'll get a bunch of tournament teams in, but I don't see like a, a juggernaut there, and I don't see a, a couple juggernauts there, and I, I don't see the depth of, of the big-time quality that everyone's talking about. Just, just looking at it from a metric standpoint, as far as top 10 teams go, the Big 12 has number one. That's it in the top 10, whereas the SEC has five, six, and seven. Now, you know, splitting hairs and to be you know, fully transparent, the Big 12 does have 11, 12, and 14. However, I watched 11 last night. BYU is not one of the 11 best teams in the country. Absolutely not. So, like, Kim Palm can tell you some things. He can't tell you everything. But, like, one team in the top 10 as far as the Big 10 goes. Or Big 12, excuse me. Three SEC teams. That makes it overrated. I think I st- uh, I'm a proponent that it's still the best conference in college basketball. Eight of the top 30 in Ken Palm. Now, to your point, how will they fare in March? There's not that dominant team at the moment besides Houston. I'd still say it's underrated because, again, if you compare it top to bottom, even the weakest teams in that conference are like West Virginia right now, maybe Central Florida. Both of them beat Kansas, by the way. And I, th- I think that, again, from a top to bottom perspective, I don't think it's overrated. Maybe to say it's underrated is too much, but I don't think it's overrated. If you tell me that those bottom teams beat Kansas, does that tell you more about the bottom of the league or more about the top of the league? I think it tells me more about the depth of the league. That's you know again is it, we've talked about Kansas. This is not a Kansas. This is not a vintage Kansas team. But I bet, I will and mark this. I bet there's a Big Twelve team in the Elite Eight. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would. I feel confident they'll be in the Elite Eight, sure. But when it comes to Sweet Sixteen teams, are you confident that they will have more Sweet Sixteen teams in the SEC? Are you confident they'll have more Sweet 16 teams in the Big Ten? Yes. Okay, well, what about the SEC? Are you more, are you confident they'll have more than there? I'd, I'd say that's a toss-up, but I'd say definitely more than the Big Ten. Um, I think they could have more than the SEC. Yeah. Well, I think they should if they're as good as everyone is acting, but I, I think it's possible that you look around, there's four SEC teams and maybe four Big 12 teams or three Big 12 teams, and that means they're kind of equal, which means to me – Either the SEC is underrated as a basketball conference or the Big 12 is a little overrated. And I'm not saying they suck by any means, but I'll say they're a little overrated. And I think the one thing I do have to claim guilt on is I keep looking ahead to what the Big 12 looks like next season, too, sure. you know, with Arizona and even Colorado in there and Utah. And um, there's some there's some good teams coming. And, you know, of course, Texas and Oklahoma leave. Yeah, but they're not really losing anything from them this year, at least. Not this both, year. Both teams are pretty mid. Yeah. I just think the Big 12 is kind of like the SEC has been in football the last couple years. Houston's Georgia. Kansas is Alabama. We're like, hey, it's not they're not quite as good as you remember them to be. And then like the rest of the teams will give them credit for being able to beat anybody, but also that means like the rest of the teams aren't very good. Like LSU as your third best team on most years in the SEC or at least in the 2010s, that means they're championship contenders. Last couple years that just means they're exciting and can't play defense. That's kind of how, I mean, I'm not saying the Big 12 can't play defensive basketball, but that's, that's kind of how I feel. They're getting propped up by Houston and the ghost of Kansas and then a bunch of teams that can quote-unquote beat all the other teams. But maybe that means all the other teams just aren't quite as good as, the, as we think they are. 
I don't know. Next topic, Sam. All right. Overrated, underrated, former Tennessee tackle Gerald Mincy continuing to run his mouth over there at Kentucky. I'll say Gerald Mincy as a player is probably – has he become a little underrated at this point? Because I think all the things he does off the field makes him seem worse than he actually is. Like when he's actually playing, I do think he is a solid SEC tackle. Is that not fair to say? I think he's a good in the run game. I think he struggles a lot in the pass game. Right. So you say good in run game, struggles in pass game. We'll call him solid. He's, yeah. he's a starting caliber. Yeah, he's a starting caliber tackle. And I do think the the way he left Tennessee and the way he's running his mouth, I want to just call him trash. You know what I mean? Like I want to just say he's terrible. So I do think he's become a little bit underrated as a player. But at the same time, him running his mouth, I mean, that's, that's properly rated because it, it makes us hate him. It makes us hate and circle that Kentucky football team. Otherwise, I wouldn't really care about the Kentucky football team right now. I'd say underrated just because it's fuel. It's fuel sure. for the fan base and uh, here. And, and I really hope it's fuel for James Pierce Jr. Yeah, that, I, I, I mean it. I, I think I love it, actually. It's, it, it's an eye roll moment each time I see it. However, keep, keep talking, man. I, I love it. That game is what part of the schedule this year? Is it? At the end of the year again, yeah, I think like it's it all like it typically is. Something like that, yeah. So like, I don't even know if Mincy will play. I don't know how much we'll care about this like throughout the season. But when Kentucky week rolls around, we'll revisit some of this stuff. The thing about Kentucky, though, Bob, is that they always find a way to give you bulletin board material. <laughs> like either it's the players, like Mincy, it's the media, the national media, or their media saying like they finally caught Tennessee. This, this, and this. Like they're picked ahead of Tennessee. You know, when it comes to media days in July, like something always about Kentucky gives you some bulletin board material. November 2nd. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, just what we were talking about earlier in the show with uh, <laughs> Kentucky beats Vanderbilt and somehow it gets pivoted into something towards Tennessee, you know? Yeah. How many banners do you have? You know, it's yeah. like, shut up, man. Just. Do you try to erase what just happened Saturday night? Again, focus on the here and now. That's what we do. I would say that we probably pull that card to them all the time in football. True. Like, in football, I'm sure we remind them all the time that they have never won anything and never accomplished anything. The difference is, I think even they know in their heart that Tennessee is a, an elite basketball program. Like, even when Kentucky football wins 10 games – you cannot get any Tennessee fan to be like, actually, that's a really good team this year. That's a that's an actual 10-win team. No, they're not. They have benefited from an easy schedule and not having to play Alabama and blah, blah, blah. But, like, Kentucky basketball fans, they can point to the Final Fours, and, yeah, they got a lot of them. And they can point to the National Championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never made a Final Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But over the last seven years, we've been just as good as you year in, year out, if not better. And I think they know that deep down. Yeah. So it doesn't hit the same as when we do it to them in football. Speaking of Kentucky football, I've actually found myself always having a lot of respect from from um, Mike Stoops as a or Mark Stoops Mark, as a yeah. coach. Um, Mike sucks. Yeah. No. But when Mark was at Kentucky, and then there was that rumor he was going to go to A and M, I found myself always saying, "God, you know, he's great at Kentucky." But when the A and M job came up, I was like, "Really." Really, he's going to – they're going to – that's who they're – and so now, you know, so it, it, that kind of puts in perspective for me too, my my optics when it comes to Kentucky football. Like, 
yeah, Mark Stoops, good coach. You, yeah, that's good for you guys. But anything bigger, oh, Jesus, really? I mean, so. that's the best you can do, Kentucky. Yeah. And Bob also said that's the best you can do, Mark Stoops. Like, yeah. you just hold on for for rents to retire and you go to Iowa. That's the type of coach you are. You're an Iowa coach. And to your point, Bob, you know who else thought the same thing? Texas A&M fans. They were like, wait, what? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mark Stoops? Really? True. To the point where they're like, yeah, give us Duke's coach. Now, I know that Elko had a, a stint there as a coordinator and, and whatever, but they're like, you know what? I'm more impressed with what you did at Duke. Give me the Duke coach versus the Kentucky coach who, is, who has been solid. And, you know, Florida State fans felt the same way whenever he was rumored to coach there. And, like, Stoops does feel like, again, I think he'll move to Iowa whenever that comes open, if it ever comes open, if Kirk ever retires. Surely to God, this is last year there. I, I felt this way two years ago, though, and somehow he's still kicking and running off nine-win seasons. But surely the fact he went out and hired Western Michigan's offensive coordinator and they're going to have another dreadful offense is enough for them to finally make a change. But maybe not. But, yeah, Mark Stoops, he's cute. He's a solid coach. Well, he's not cute. He's not good-looking. But solid little coach. But, yeah, he, he's fit for Kentucky. And that just says all about their football program. But, yeah, Gerald Mincy, he already made her. Um, overrated, underrated. Let's go the NBA three-point contest. Just the three-point contest in general, not necessarily who's participating yeah, in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's overrated. I still enjoy watching it, but, I, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And they do try to hype it. Uh, this latest one where, what, Curry against Ionescu. Okay, fair enough. I don't mind seeing Steph out there, and and Sabrina can can shoot. Um, but, I yeah, I, it, it, but I would say it's less overrated than the dunk contest at this point. I know that's not the question, but. Well, see, I would say that the dunk contest is not rated at all. Like, yeah. the dunk contest is made fun of, and, and this year the four contestants, I mean, Jalen Brown at least gives somewhat of name recognition in it. Somewhat. But. Who else? Mac McClung, oh, Obi Toppin, and I don't know the fourth person. Jalen Brown would probably get a perfect score if he just dribbles with his left down the court and then dunks. I, I mean, Please, the, God, <laughs> let him kick the ball off of his leg the, as he tries to dribble. Yeah, you know, the McClung. The McClung play, was that just last season? Yeah, McClung was that, last year. That was all right, I, but, was but as a one-off. And I guess you got to bring him back to defend, but I'm like, okay, I'm not interested anymore. Obi's got some – he's got he's got a bag. He could do some stuff. Yeah. he's so, Because he's so long, you yeah. know. Jame Jaquez. Really? And apo- apologies, apologies. Not Obi Toppin, his brother, Jacob, Jacob Toppin. Sorry, I saw the Knicks jersey and I forgot he's not with the Knicks anymore. Jacob oh, Toppin. God. Okay. Wow. That. I, I don't think this. How many Hawkins have any hops? No, that's what I was just thinking. He's a good player. I don't but. remember him dunking at, at UCLA. No. I mean, definitely not cocking anything back. I <laughs> like mean, a, like maybe like clear fast break, so, two hand slam. So Mac McClung, Jaime Hawkins, Jacob Toppin, and Jalen Brown. That's like a – it's rigged, man. I think they want McClung to just win again. A better dunk contest now, I think, would get be getting guys who can't dunk to try and do cool dunks. There you go. Get that uh, Robbie Avila guy yeah. from Indiana State. Give me a center in. dunk contest yeah. or something like if we're not 12 gonna, feet. If we're not going to get the stars to do it, find some G-leaguers, find some bench warmers. I want one-on-one dunking. 
That's what I want. I want a big man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a big man going up against meet me a, at the rim a wing. Thing. Yeah, meet me at the rim. And, uh, you know, they might not do that because of, you know, injury concerns. That's what I'm saying. Make them G-leaguers who, like, you know, if you get a half a million dollar cash prize, like a G-leaguers, like, yeah, hell yeah, we'll yeah. come compete in that because that doubles our salary. That's what I want. I want to meet me at the rim. I'm down for that 100%. That was always so fun in high school. We had a couple guys. Like, yeah. we had one guy who could dunk. He couldn't really play basketball otherwise, but he could dunk. And, like, one guy, they, they always would just go against each other, see if they could dunk on each other. And that's what I want. That's all my buddies and I did in the backyard playing hoops with each other. We'd just be like, all right, you got five tries to dunk on me. I'll give you Eight five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's not, it's not a bad idea, but it's like all start weekend then becomes more like an and one mixtape vibe. Well, the and one kind of had it set up right the right way. Yeah. It was a little bit more entertaining. And, like, I would rather watch that than, okay, I've seen you do a 360 before. I've seen that. I guess, Even if they pull off a dunk that we – would never think you could do. You're still going to be like, oh, okay. Because, like, the social media and the internet has just completely desensitized us to dunking. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I would say, too. see it anywhere. Yeah, the other thing I would say, too, is this would make it int- this would make it more interesting. Come up with whatever creative dunk you want to try, but if you don't get it on the first chance, you're done. You know, not this, okay, we're going to keep trying. I mean, that's the part. It gets kind of funny to listen to to Barkley and Shaq and all these guys make fun of it. But, you know, we've seen this happen where this person's, like, trying it, like, for the eighth time. Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. It's I, that's I, I hate it. I hate that. I don't know if – I've got to be honest. I haven't watched a dunk contest live in uh, 10 years. Really? Uh, I, I mean, I, 2014 was the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon show. And, like, I didn't even watch that one live. But, like, I remember being – I was picking up somebody from the airport and, like, listening to XM Ray. And like, oh, my God, the dunk contest is back. It's so great. And, like, I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, hell, yeah, that was great. But, like, maybe the next year I watched it live. But after that, I was like, nope, I'm good. If, if it weren't for those guys from TNT calling the, the action, you know, commenting on it, I wouldn't watch it. That's the only part. That's the reason I watch it. One of my biggest memories, my most vivid memories from high school is my friend Ryan losing his mind during the dunk contest at Nate Robinson missing, like, ten dunks. <laughs> Because like Bob said, like back then you got unlimited tries, and Nate Robinson literally tried to dunk like ten times, and eventually landed it, and still won the dunk contest. And I'm like, how the hell? What, what have we done here? Yeah. But yeah, give me the one on one. I want I want a G league. one on one. I want a big man trying to get jammed on by a, a smaller person. Meet me at the rim. Let's get some highlight videos. That's interesting. Or you could make it positional too. Point, guard on, point guard on point guard or something like that. I would rather size I, him up. I think I'd rather see like a big man against a smaller guy. But if you want to say sure, like you know, six eight versus six eight or something like that, let's go. Make it like a gladiator thing. You can you can foul them, shove them. <laughs> no flagrants. <laughs> we we gotta have some pride here. You gotta be making an attempt at the ball. But like, yeah, maybe somebody gets mad. Next thing you know, somebody's tackled, and we got a G League fight. I don't know. Again, I don't know if franchise will let you do it. But again, if you throw half a million dollars, if Mac McClung's playing in it, who's in the G League, I'll take some street ballers out there. Just get our best street dunkers, and let's let them dunk on each other but as far as your question the three-point contest i guess at this point it's properly rated because it's viewed as the best thing of the weekend skills wise and it's the best thing of the weekend i guess i guess i mean like as far as star power you get star power in it sure like the dunk contest i told you is jalen brown a bunch of losers or how many hawkins isn't a loser but he's a rookie at least in the three-point contest you have steph curry shooting now get that celebrity game going then you're talking that's 
freaking horrible. What, what was the guy's name? Uh, Arnie something? Was it the the chief of education or whatever? The, the head oh, of the yeah. department of education? Ari Fleischer. Yeah, they always had him out there. And he's he like, can he's, play. <laughs> see? <laughs> he you see play. how excited Bob got? Yeah. Oh, Bob's yeah. like, hell yeah, he can play. And like That was like the main draw of the, yeah. of the celebrity game for a while. I was watching the, the secretary of education <laughs> post up and throw a couple nice passes. And watch Kevin Hart. He was. I always said he was probably on Obama's cabinet because he could ball. That yeah. was the only reason because Barack liked to play. So yeah, you see the way he lit up, Sam. <laughs> Bob got so oh, happy yeah. at the mention of that guy. See, he was. He's the star. He's the legend. <laughs> I had no idea who that guy of the celebrity was. game. Yeah, like when it first started, like that was the big appeal. It's like this guy can actually ball. <laughs> and then you had like, was it which, who was it from the Migos? That could play. Uh, is it Quavo, maybe? Yes, maybe, yeah. it was. And Quavo's out there trying to win MVP. Like, he's trying the best he can. And, like, Jay Cole's trying hard because he's like, hey, I can actually play. You know, they all think they can. And, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Good batch of overrated, underrated. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Okay, Bob, I think we've, we owe an apology to Jaime Jaquez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jordan Moore shared a video of uh, him. It had to be in high school because he's got no facial hair or anything. He's uh, He looks like a different dude. However, it is him, and he can fly. I'm going to stand by it. I don't think he's going to have a good performance in the dunk contest. But at one point in time, he was a high flyer. His vertical jump. 39 inches, according to his according to his uh, combine stats. Seventh highest at the combine. Now Not this, of all time, but just in his class. So Okay, so he's, he's got a little hop to him. Well, uh, the more I watch this, do we think that maybe he's not in high school, but because it looks like he's at one of these all-star. Could just be a run. Could just be like a run with people. Well, it's a bunch of guys in different uniforms. It might have been the Drew League in the summer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. Well, I like him as a player, so I'm glad to see he has hops. That's good. That's a that's a that's a happy development. It's a complete curveball, but I'm looking at a picture of him from draft night. Funny, uh, funny sunglasses. But is, is he already the best Mexican basketball player of all time? Is there anybody that would stand out to you in terms of being better? Was it? I want to say was. Carlos Arroyo, maybe. I want to say he was on the Mexican national team, but I might be confusing him. Yeah, with I don't else. know. I don't know. That's yeah. that's a good question. Yeah, not to completely derail you and put you on the spot. One in stripes also uh, put on X that Mac McClung is coming off an ankle injury. Hope he can play and perform to his norm, but I'm not counting on it right now. Um, maybe that's why. Uh, maybe this is already getting stacked for Jalen Brown or Jaime Hawkins to unseat him. Earl Watson. Apologies to Carlos Arroyo. I think he's from Puerto Rico, maybe. Or maybe I'm doing it again, but not not Mexico. Juan Toscano Anderson, also uh, in the running for best Mexican players. So, JTA. Yeah, you got a couple. But Trey pointed out it's National Signing Day. I had no clue. Right? How, <laughs> I had no clue it was Signing Day. How times have changed. The artist formerly known as National Signing Day. I guess we were just talking in the break about, well, Sam – you share with us what you would do 
in anticipation of uh, National Signing Day. Some days I'd be a little sick. I'm happening to be on February 7th. Did, did you try to run it back for March Madness? That I would do. Yeah, I was going to say March Madness, yes. March Madness I skipped and March pretty Madness. much was understood I wasn't coming to school in high school, or at least leaving at lunch. In high school, you know, we would get like a laptop out and we'd throw it up on the lunch table or we'd go to like our favorite teacher's classroom That's and he'd crazy. have the he'd have the <laughs> website loaded up and it, we'd just eat our lunch in his classroom. I mean, I, you're 10 years younger than me, but like it's crazy to me that you're able to just throw it up on the laptop or Pull it out on your phone. We couldn't have things like that in yeah. high school. Yeah, we couldn't bring computers to school. We couldn't bring phone. Like you, you had phones, but you weren't allowed to get them out. And when I was in school, we didn't have smartphones either. I mean, until the very end, the iPhone came out in what 07, But like, I don't think they had mastered like you know you could stream it anywhere, the LTE and all that. So like, it's crazy to me. You're just like, yeah, I just threw it on our phone. Yeah, no. I mean, March Madness was by far the least productive week of of high school. I would have of the year. SEC tournament. You had to hope and pray that your your Sixth period or seventh period teacher was a fan that would roll the TV out for yeah. you at the end of the yeah. day. Like you had, to, you had to hope and pray that they understood, that they got it. The worst part at our high school was like the one teacher that was chill about throwing up March Madness and stuff like that. He was a Kentucky fan, and so like sometimes we'd have to watch Kentucky basketball games. We'd be like, all right, yeah, I guess we can watch basketball during the day, but you know, you got to cut but, your losses at some point. But Kentucky. his love for Kentucky, I guess, made him a college basketball fan and, and allowed you to watch. So you got to take what you can get, I guess. Yep. yep. You got to take what you can get. Signing day, though, it's completely obsolete as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I mean, yeah. you, you can't even find many headlines about it. I was looking for that. I mean, there's a little bit, but it's very little compared to what it used to shape up to be. I got to be honest. I finally watched these videos that, that Jordan sent in. These are standard dunks these days. But you, you got, I mean, <laughs> I think you guys were judging on a curve. Of, like, Jaime Hawkins doesn't look like he can dunk. Yeah, that's exactly what An I'm NBA doing. player being able to throw a ball and put it between his legs is not that impressive. Bob let out a, oh, expletive during the break. <laughs> well, I, was like, I mean. Well, what'd he do? And I'm watching the videos. He jumped over somebody. Okay, cool. But, like, the guy's standing there as a prop. And he, you know, used his shoulder to push up on. It's better than I thought. That's my point. It's better than I thought, judging on this curve of Jaime Hawkins being a, the, a Mexican-American player and looking the way he looks. And having the hair and like the game he has where he's kind of all under the rim. But like anybody in the NBA should be able to do this. I don't want to body shame, but Except I think maybe he's put on a couple more pounds since this. Well, I was thinking the same too. He's yeah. a little chunky. Yeah. He's got he put on a couple at UCLA. Which is ironic because the whole heat culture is supposed to be all in shape and, and have that fitness test. But I gotta say, I watched the video, not impressed with Jaime Hawkes' hops. They're very standard as far as NBA goes. Uh-huh. If he pulls off this weak ass alley oop between the legs, he's gonna get laughed out of the building. As far as I'm concerned, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too tough. Maybe I'm judging on the opposite of a curve after after Bob let out a oh bleep. <laughs> What's on the docket tonight as far as sports go? Well, besides Tennessee LSU, of course, big game in the SEC that we should care about is uh, number 16 Alabama at number 12 Auburn. Auburn's five and a half point favorite. I'm sure that environment will be crazy and electric. Uh, I think you said it. We uh, we found ourselves rooting for Bama a couple weeks ago when these two teams played. I'd say now we're maybe rooting for Auburn this time around. Definitely rooting for Auburn this go around. You can, you can get Tennessee right now, Sam, at two to one to win the SEC regular season. Might be the last time you get a number that good if if Tennessee takes care of business and Auburn takes care of business. Another game you might be interested in is. Uh, 
number 19, Creighton, heading to Providence to play the team you have fallen in love uh, with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, the falling in love is not accurate at all. Yeah. Not accurate at all. And I am not interested in that at all. And I, if I never watch another second of Providence basketball, it'll be a second. Well, my second well spent. I won't be spending it. Um, if I never watch them again, it'll be too soon. Maybe that's what I meant to say. Not even for ticket gains. He's from Buffalo. Tough kid. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Buffalo. Tough kid. A little rating for you. Go to RockyTopInsider.com. Read our friend Ryan Shumpert. He's got some quotes from our friend, assistant coach Greg Polinski, who will join us tomorrow. He's highlighting the one-on-one game uh, between Dalton Connect and Jemai Meshack all from back in April and just kind of gives a, a recap and kind of tells a story there in terms of the Dalton Connect visit and, and him coming to Tennessee. Good work by our friend Ryan Shumpert, RockyTopInsider.com. How an April one-on-one game was an early sign of Dalton Connect's brilliance. Go check that out. We'll talk to Coach Greg Polinski tomorrow, hopefully following a big Tennessee win. Better be. Sam, anything tonight you got your eye on that we haven't mentioned? Uh, no, not in particular. Just kind of, you know, don't don't have a disappointing performance against a team that you should be able to beat up on. Sounds good. We will talk about it all tomorrow. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio. The G.I. Jake Show coming up next. I got I to gotta say, notice they put the records back on their betting graphic. I noticed they put the records back on the betting graphic after Jake went 5-0. Seems like it all just depends on what Jake does, depending on what they're doing with their <laughs> graphics. Went 5-0, and, 0, and now, now he's a gambling expert again. <laughs> <laughs>